Hello and welcome to the Azeem Digital Asks podcast, the all-round digital marketing podcast that covers traditional topics like PPC, social media, SEO, digital PR, and everything else, as well as wider topics that affect the marketing industry, such as marketing conferences, personal branding, remote working, salary transparency, diversity and inclusion, and much, much more. Every episode, there will be a different guest where we discuss these topics in detail. So whether this is your first episode, your 10th, or I've been lucky enough to have you listen to them all, please remember to rate the show, share it with a friend, and if you'd like to get in touch with me, all of my details are in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening, and stay tuned for another brilliant episode. Hello and welcome back to the Azeem Digital Asks podcast. I've got a brilliant guest with me today, Itamar, who is going to introduce himself because I am not going to butcher this. But I need to tell you all something. This is the first time we're going to do a recording where there's literally just no agenda, just a topic. We are just going to shoot the heck, as my American friends call it. We're going to be talking all about sustainable SEO. Before we get into that, as always, please like, rate, share and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend and then tell that friend to tell their next door neighbor about the podcast. And also, shameless plug, please sign up to my newsletter, The Marginalized Marketer. You can find all that information about the podcast, the newsletter and more at iamazimdigital.com. Anyway, on to the topic, sustainable SEO. Itamar, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you very much, Azim. It's an absolute honor to, to be here. And all being well, you are going to be episode number 50, the big five hour. So no pressure to deliver on no agenda, but tell the audience who you are and why you're going to smash this episode out of the park. Yeah, so um, hello everyone who's listening. My name's Itamar Blauer. I'm an SEO consultant trainer and I'm currently the SEO manager at Cure Media, which is an award-winning influencer marketing agency for fashion brands. And you know, there's a lot I can say, but I don't really want to talk too much about me. I want to kind of get onto this topic because I think it's very interesting. And obviously being episode 50, you know, it's... Uh, you know, pressure, there's no pressure, right? No pressure. We're just going to go with it. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, sustainable SEO, right? And um, I'm kind of asking my own question here, Zim, unless you want to ask me one. But when I kind of think of sustainable SEO, the reason why I want to talk about sustainable SEO is because I feel like a lot of people in the industry, they're always trying to like think of what's hot right now and then tackle that um, and then kind of wait for the next thing. Um, so the, the best example I can give you with that is something like Core Web Vitals, right? So, you know, we're talking about, I think it was May 2020, uh, when Google started announcing Core Web Vitals, everyone was like, whoa, you know, this is the big thing. This is something that we're going to jump on. And um, so a lot of people did. And when you kind of look into the, the nitty gritty of the whole concept, it's like, well, you know, websites were always meant to be user friendly, right? They were always meant to be performing well for the user. So it's like, and the reason why I link this to sustainable SEO is that essentially the 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 core of sustainable SEO is if you're planning to be in business and have a website for the next five to 10 years, you know, it's about the activities that you do that really future-proof your website and your business to be able to succeed no matter what happens, right? No matter what kind of new buzzword comes out, no matter what kind of algorithm update gets announced, you know? And, and the reason why I say that the Core Web Vitals example, I think is great because it's like, you know, 
you didn't need to you need did like nobody needed google to tell people in may of 2020 that your website shouldn't you know the content shouldn't be shifting and causing a bad user experience it's not like a light bulb went into people's heads and they're like right now is the time to sort this stuff right um so when it comes to sustainable seo for me it's always about trying to plant the seeds that will grow your website into the the kind of mid to long term so that you'll always be able to benefit from strong uh well strong organic performance that you can get from having a very good website love that i mean we could just end the episode right there thanks a lot <laughs> <laughs> let's dig into that a little bit more and i'm really really interested to to learn more from you so you're talking about being sustainable in the sort of medium to long term why is it that you think that there's such a short-term mindset in parts of the industry? I think it's because things change quite quickly. So in my eyes, right, it's like, and I've seen this a lot over the years. And if you think all the way back to, you know, the, the 2000s, when link building was like, well, you buy a bunch of, uh, you know, it was just a huge volume of links, you'll be able to rank. That was the thing that worked then. And then it's like, over time, like that didn't work but something else worked do you know what i mean and i feel like it's like seo in part has had this kind of you know it's kind of like a hurdle approach where it's like there is always a hurdle that you reach and then there's always this new kind of way of doing things or a new term that comes up or a new algorithm update that causes people to kind of change their perception on certain things and then they just try and address it one by one um so that that's why i think like this is and i'm not i'm not trying to generalize i'm not saying everyone does this but i just see it a lot when it's like something new comes out and then people like okay yeah this is the big focus this is exactly like this is what is going to increase your rankings and then it just becomes more of like a checklist where that checklist keeps on getting bigger and bigger as time goes on so once you've done something there's always going to be something else in the next you know month or few months that is new to you that you're going to have to address. Love that, love that. I'm immediately drawing comparisons to like a shiny new thing syndrome or likening to spinning multiple plates at once. I guess one of the things that I wanted to to ask you, I was going to ask you this later on, but I think you've led me nicely to it. Imagine for a second, Itamal, I am listening to this and I am a, I work with an agency. So I'm paying an agency to do my SEO for me, but I'm listening to his podcast. I'm thinking, well, a lot of the things that this guy is saying resonates with how my website is being managed. Where can I start to address that? How can I start to address this issue and bring this up with people that they work with? Yeah, that, that's a very good question, of course, because it, it's the reality for a lot of people or a lot of business owners that use agencies um, and I think th this is a whole nother topic in general in terms of like work agencies do. I know a lot of great agencies. I know a lot of very bad agencies. That's just something we have to deal with. Um, but I think if, if someone's, yeah, like you posed that, if someone's listening to this and, and the kind of stuff you could ask an agency that's doing your work for you is I think it's important to understand methodology because a lot of times an agency will go to you and say, they'll kind of tell you the checklist or they're like, well, they, we've done an audit. They, they, you know, these are the things that we need to fix. But I think SEO is much deeper than looking into audits and looking at, you know, uh, the X, Y's and Z, these are the things you need to do. I think methodology is very important 
because if you have a good methodology, it should be able to portray that this agency is going to be doing things that are still going to be benefiting you in the long term. And I think that's a very important thing to to address. Um, so it's like, you know, when, when people try, I'll try and think of an example. It's like when people try and flag, uh, let, let's have a thing, even about, you know, like even with title Geddon, right? Like Google changing the like metadata and all that kind of stuff. Like if an, S, like if an SEO agency tells you, and not even titles, if they're going into, let's say, meta descriptions and they're telling you, it's like, well, we're going to do... Uh, this thing for you where we're going to create new meta descriptions. This is absolutely critical. And it's something that it's it's quite hard as a business owner to really be able to kind of be very critical about when you're hearing these things, because it's like, well, as SEOs, we know that, you know, Google most of the time rewrites meta descriptions anyway. Like the only use that they have is to impact click-through rates. So it's not even a direct kind of ranking factor, right? So it's like, I, and I think this is why it's important to anyone listening that a, a good methodology for SEO is it's pretty much anything but the kind of checkbox approach of we're going to do this, this, this and this to get you these results. It has to be more something like we understand your business and the things that we're going to do are going to be able to sustainably uh, and positively impact your business and your website so that you are able to get the returns that you're looking for in the long term. Um, and I think that also involves like being able to speak with an SEO agencies. And I've said this to SEO agency owners a lot. It's like when, when you're, you know, pitching out for sales and stuff, you know, that jargon just firstly, it, it's very unlikely to, to work or resonate with a business owner because they're not going to know what the hell, like you can tell, it's like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm going to address the whole title getting uh, situation going on and they'll just look at you and they'll be like, what, what, what the hell does that mean? You know, so I think language is very important when you're communicating this. Um, that's from, you know, an agency's perspective, but from a business owner, you just need to really make, like, you, you've got to probe. Like, I think you just have to probe the agency. It's like, how can you confidently be able to tell me that you are going to show me the results in the long term? And I think I think that th this is where you can kind of weed out, you know, an agency that's great versus an agency that might be a bit mediocre, where it's like, if somebody's just going to be like, well, we're going to get you these results because we're going to do this whole checklist approach. So that to me is, is a kind of mediocre way of thinking about it. Because of course, th these things can change over time. So with any kind of new algorithm update and that's when you'll get these mediocre agencies who will be just chasing this whole kind of check mark scenario right but if you get somebody who's able to really talk to you about their methodology about how they think about organic search how they think about under well first of all understanding your business and understanding your website to be able to drive these results in the long term i think that's a very important thing to to kind of discuss with them brilliant absolutely gold thank you so much for sharing that I wanted to flip the script a little bit then and not talk about it from the customer's point of view, but from the SEO point of view. I mentioned earlier on, it's probably a bad analogy, but that shiny new thing syndrome. What advice would you give to SEOs, practitioners, people in the industry who are in the weeds, shall we say, to stay focused on sustainable SEO in the long term and not get distracted by the shiny new thing? What advice would you give to those people? Yeah, that, that's a brilliant question. And I think the first thing I would say, and I say this a lot, is that you have to be critical, right? 
when you hear things online, especially if it's something new that comes out, I think you have to be very, very critical. Don't just take things at face value because that will just lead you to tunnel vision on whatever that thing is. And if you end up finding out over time that you've wasted so much of your time and resources trying to go for this brand new thing that didn't, you know, it didn't work out, then you would have wasted time for yourself. You would have wasted money from your client. They're not going to be happy. And all in all, it's it's just a, a lose-lose situation for everyone. So the first thing I'd say is be critical because a lot of times when you hear about these new shiny things, right, you you got to ask yourself, it's like, what if I try and, and do the opposite? Or what if I try and take a different approach? And like, I, I'll come back to the, the Core Web Vitals example. It's like, and, and I've heard people say, in the industry that, you know, core web vitals are absolutely fundamental to, to ranking well on Google. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, well, if I took that at face value, all I would do is try and improve a page speed score from, you know, 80 to 95. And even that, you know, like page speed insights, or they, the, the metrics there always change every time you, you rerun a test, it changes slightly. And all this, like, do you know how much time could be wasted on doing that and to something that might not really impact you? Um, at all in terms of the, the kind of ROI or the KPIs that you've got. And it's like, well, if I kind of take a different approach and be critical about Core Web Vitals, and I'm saying, actually, you know what? I think content and relevancy far is far more important than how fast a page, a page loads, right? So number one, be very critical of anything that you hear online. If you really want to make sure, do test, experiment, have your own site where you can run these tests and be able to see for yourself what differences or any kind of correlation you can see between things. So I, I would say for SEOs, it's very important. Be critical, experiment with things, like don't always take things at face value. Um, but I, I, and I say that as well, not to be like, don't simply dis discredit or disregard things that people say, but just always try and have a bit of an open mind in terms of, well, they're saying this, what if I try the opposite? Or what if I try it slightly differently and see what happens? Love that. Love that. That's a brilliant way to, to think about things. I guess one thing that sort of cropped up in my head, uh, which I wanted to ask you, sort of put you on the spot really, because uh, it's something that's just came to me. So let's say, for example, that you were working on on my website and I didn't know a lot about SEO or anything. I, I am paying you to, to do this for me. You have explained to me your methodology. You've explained to me how you work and it makes sense. I've gone away, done my own Googling. I've come across an article that somebody else has written and they are saying something that's like completely different without using Core Web Vitals, for example, but something along those lines. I've brought that back to you and I've said, right, why we're we not doing this? How do you explain that to the person that you're working with or for? Yeah, and I think uh, you're, you're most likely to find scenarios like that. And the reason why you'll find scenarios like that is because SEO is a subjective field, right? There's There's very little that's completely objective about this industry and i think that's one of the the reasons why i love this industry but then also it can cause some controversy um in terms of what you're saying so if 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 you a client was going to come back and, and show me something that said something different i can be like 
Well, you can you can do many things in this scenario. Either you could tell them, be like, look, I've tried this myself. I've tried different approaches. This is what I found to work. Um, I think something else that's very important and business owners and clients care about is proven results or testimonials or any recommendations. So you could show people, you know, and, and some people have problems with the con confidentiality of showing, you know, other clients. But you, could, you can get, you know, the screenshots of a Google Search Console performance graph or something like that where it doesn't include any info about the other clients or websites whatever um but to be able to at least try and convince them that a you're a critical thinker which i think is important in an industry where there are so many differing differing opinions but also to show them that you've got the goods to back it up if you're able to kind of showcase any previous work that you've done related to maybe something even if it's something very close to the kind of topic they've brought up to you and say look i've approached it my way this way worked you know if you want to try it this way like at the end of the day and this is something as well that clients need to understand at the end of the day like it's it's their money that they're spending so if they're very adamant on you doing or working in a particular way like sure but at least try and educate them you know and i don't want people to to start taking people's money and just you know just messing around not really doing but you know education is very important in an industry that's so subjective so at least try and explain your methodology and try and explain whatever that scenario is in in the sense that you know i've done it this way it has worked um and you know if you want to do it another way I can do it, but I'm just telling you, like, I'm warning you in advance, you know, I can never make any guarantees and this and that, but, you know, I still think that the way that I approach it is better. And at the end of the day, they, you know, if you phrase it like that, there's a higher chance that they'll trust you because at the end of the day, they're, you know, paying money for somebody who has the expertise to go and do this. Um, and it's like, I, and I don't mean like you should never belittle clients or laugh at them or, or call them out for, you know, because they're just curious as well. And I feel like it's a good thing if clients are curious because it means that they really care about their own business and their own website. Um, so just try and be nice and it just explain to them that, you know, the, based on your testing or experience, this is how it works, you know, show some testimonials or, or you know, charts of progress stuff just to make them feel a bit more at ease. Um, and that that's the way that I would approach it. Love that. I've said that a lot this episode, but yeah, genuinely love that, especially the part about encouraging curiosity. Couldn't agree with you more, 100%. Uh, I could genuinely talk to you for, for hours, my friend, but I'm sure you've got a proper day job to do before we part ways and you share your contact details i'm going to open the virtual floor for you so if there's anything that you want to share talk about or continue to talk about i'm going to give you 30 seconds to do that right now i mean to be honest you said that this episode would you, you first said to me 10 minutes and then i look up and i'm like wow it's almost 20 minutes so where the hell did that happen <laughs> um but you know to be honest uh you know i just want to say thank you to you personally um for for giving me this chance i really appreciate uh being on here especially with the big 5-0 you know that's uh a, I'm, I'm personally very happy about that um and yeah i don't really have too much more to say unless there was any last bits that you wanted to add the only last bits and probably the most important bits because if there are people listening to this thinking really valuing the insights that this guy is sharing i want to find him on social media follow him and learn more from him where can people do that aha uh -huh, yeah so everywhere basically because i think i'm the only person in the world that has my name so if you search for me online if you type in itamar blauer uh, and if you've spelt it right of course then you should be able to find me i i try and upload 
useful content so that people can help improve their skills and learn more about SEO and other digital marketing disciplines. So that's on my website, itamablauer.com. You can find me on YouTube as well if you search for itamablauer um, and find me as well on LinkedIn, you know, Twitter, or all that kind of stuff. Top stuff. Thank you very much, my friend, for being an absolutely brilliant guest. The only last thing I will say is don't forget to like, rate, share, subscribe, and also uh, pick up the newsletter. But more importantly for this episode, just as we hit bang on the 20-minute mark, it's Mark. You've been a brilliant guest. Thank you so much for giving up some of your time and sharing your wisdom with not only me, but also the people who are going to listen to this show. Thank you, Azim. Been a pleasure. Cheers. So that was another great episode in the bag. I'm really enjoying hearing from some brilliant people in this industry. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow me on Spotify. Please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you are using. Tell a friend to tell a friend and hopefully see you for the next episode.